Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to What Women Must Know. Thanks for joining me. You know, this is such a great opportunity to present profound information, life-changing information, and that really is what my dedication is to this program. I always remind people that my theme song, you might say, for this show is empowering people with truthful information so they can make the most informed decisions possible regarding their health and well-being. And I find that is so important these days. There's so much, you know, kind of noise out there. How do we find our way? And I do my best to bring to you the the guests that really have great wisdom, great knowledge, and do their best to speak the truth in their work and in their writing. So I'm so glad you're with me because we have another wonderful conversation, a very profound conversation we'll be having today. Before we jump in, I just want to remind everyone that all of these shows are archived, and if you'd like to receive or listen to the archive shows at your pleasure, you can either go to my Facebook page, which is What Women Must Know, and the other option is just go to my website, which is drcherylselman.com, drcherylselman.com, and opt in there because I can then send all of these shows. You know, I have a another program on Progressive Radio Network called The Love Code, so I do two different podcasts every week. And The Love Code is more my spiritual show, so I have wonderful spiritual teachers, people with spiritual wisdom, spiritual knowledge, experiences, tools. And uh, if you opt into either my website or just like me over on my Facebook page, you'll get access to both of my my podcasts, which I think are really inspirational <laughs> in, the, in the guests that I have and the um, healings and teachings and messages that they share. So having said all of that, we're going to be talking with Natasha Trednev. And um, we're going to be talking about very interesting topic. I'm calling the show Yoga for Autism, kind of a question mark, but this is a bigger story of understanding more about the consequences of a damaged microbiome, and autism is one of those casualties. So a little bit about Natasha. She is a world-renowned expert in the field of probiotics as a developmental scientist whose family has been commercially producing yogurt and other cultured foods for over 750 years. Natasha has spent more than 50 years studying the health benefits connected to the consumption of beneficial bacteria. Following graduation from her UCLA, uh, from UCLA in 1970, a decade of research led her developing the first method for producing an effective and scientifically validated single-strain probiotic bacteria product. Her research and development efforts led to the establishment of the entire probiotics category in North America, Australia, England, Holland, and Belgium. An active lecturer and a frequently invited guest on radio and TV health programs, Natasha has written dozens of articles and several books on friendly bacteria, including probiotics, nature's internal healers, and the power of probiotics, secrets to great health. Wow, we have such an amazing guest today. So, Natasha, thank you so much for being with us, and welcome to What Women Must Know. Ah, Thank you. That's a wonderful introduction, and 
you're going to allow me to speak what I've spent my life studying and what I love to talk about. I have to ask you straight off, Natasha, a 750-year legacy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really? Tell us about that. Yeah, my father's Macedonian, and he comes from that part of northern Macedonia uh, where, you know, cultured foods have been around for centuries. And in the 1970s, they have a, a agency inside of Macedonia where I went and asked, you know, how long have these, you know, products been around there? And they said at least 750 years the tribes have been here and have migrated and um intermarried and intermingled. So uh, my grandfather owned about 3,000 sheep, and he was one of the largest exporters of feta cheese and yogurt out of Macedonia before uh, World War I uh, and II uh, to Western Europe. Wow. So do you think that it was understood that these uh, fermented products were you know, had health benefits, or were they just considered part of the diet of the culture? You know, uh, from what I understand, uh, it was uh, first, you know, discovered that even it talked about in the Bible that it was a, a it was an early method of uh, um, saving food, in other words, preserving food. But then they found out that it was great for digestion; it would help people sleep, uh, and they just people started feeling better. Uh, their skin was better, their energy level was better, their uh, health level was better. And so, um, you know, in Bulgaria and the former Yugoslavia, uh, everybody consumes at least a couple of times a day uh, the, the, what we call the Bulgarian-style yogurt. And uh, it is a staple in the diet, and uh, uh, people swear by it. They say, you know, this is what keeps me going and keeps me healthy. And it's so interesting to realize that all traditional cultures have had some sort of fermented food as a staple part of their diet. Yeah, it has, because I did an article before anybody knew what the heck I was talking about on kefir. In fact, I was the first one to introduce kefir in California through Altadena Dairy, if any of you remember Altadena Dairy. Uh, and I had to set a state standard for liquid yogurt because we were not allowed to add a yeast organism to a dairy product. It was considered a contaminant. So couldn't have real kefir like it was found in the former Soviet Union from the Kafkas Mountains. But uh, finally, in the 1980s, I was invited by the state of New York to do set a real kefir standard because the people coming in from the former Soviet Union were protesting that people were calling things kefir, but it didn't taste like the stuff they had back home. And they were right, because, you know, the states didn't understand, and they were somewhat ignorant and took time for them to understand what we were even talking about. So because of my efforts, um, that was the, the standard that was set in New York was then adopted by other states, including Illinois and now Unfortunately, kefir and yogurt are sold, but nobody really adheres to any what I call standard, nor are any of the departments of agriculture overseeing that these finished products uh, really comply with the, with the A standard. Well, so it's become commercialized and people just get to do what they want to do now to sell whatever. 
Yeah, as long as it's not killing people, it's okay. <laughs> and even then, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, okay, well, you know, the topic of probiotics, and obviously you have just such an amazing connection. I mean, not only your 50 years, but this ancestral connection to um, these fermented, the, the knowledge of fermented foods, fermented yogurt. Um, let's talk about um, the role of our um, microbiome, the role of fermented foods. So I, I guess we need to start pretty much from the beginning of understanding um, the role of our gut microbiome, why fermented foods play such a major role in our health. Yeah. Okay, so let's do a little bit of, uh, you know, terminology. Uh, I know everybody's adopted microbiome, but it officially means the all the genetic material of the 100 trillion microbes that lined at 27 feet. And the microbiota are the actual microbes that are inside of our GI tract. And so, um, you know, as a biological entity, we were sort of designed to fail. And our, our bodies rebuild themselves entirely every year. The 50 trillion cells are replaced. Depending on what part of the body, the skin will take three to five months, your, the lining in your GI tract, three to seven days. So the, your whole body is rebuilt. And that association with those microbes has become uh, incredibly important because they affect the body's health or illness on every level, starting from the GI tract. So uh, these fermented foods were adequate when the society was more simple and we didn't have all these chemical additives and processed foods that we've now dumped into our society since I would say after World War II. So it's become more complex where the fermented foods are now become what we call a functional food. A functional food gives you more benefits than the original components of that functional food, like yogurt or kefir. However, those, uh, you know, beneficial bacteria in the numbers that are found in these products are not sufficient to have an impact on those 100 trillion microbes, which have now been completely altered uh, by the fact that the mothers in uh, westernized cultures are not able to give the proper beneficial bacteria to the newborn infant, even if it's vaginally delivered and breastfed. And this has been happening since the 1970s. So we have completely altered that very important, what I call beneficial combination of microbes uh, that uh, is given to us while we're in utero and when we're delivered by hopefully a healthy mother. Uh, that's, that's lost. So we have to go back and figure out what it is that we've done with the thousands of chemicals we've introduced to our, in our foods, in our water, in our air, uh, and that, you know, has completely altered uh, that composition of microbiota that really control uh, the state of our health. This is a huge topic, and I have been fascinated with the role of this internal world that uh, we carry around, uh, what we call the microbiome, um, but I, I don't think most people truly appreciate how profound this, uh, you know, this, the microbiome 
world is in terms of our health and what a significant, if not primary role it, it plays in all aspects of maintaining health and bringing healing to those who are dealing with chronic illnesses. So I know it's a big topic, Natasha, but can you kind of give us that appreciation of the importance of our microbiome? Sure, sure. Because first of all, you know, there's only three things that can change uh, the expression of your genes. That's your perception of reality, the microbiota in your microbiome, and the toxins you ingest. Genes do not turn themselves on and off. I tell people, if you have a genetic position, it's only triggered because you're following the same pattern that your parents engaged in. It's not, it's not a given. So this microbiota is a very important thing for us to understand because this microbiota helps our body produce proteins to uh, replace those 10 million cells that we lose every minute. When the body produces cheap proteins and it's not at, uh, working at a primal level, we get disease. And we call the disease by different names, but actually it has one foundation. Uh, whether you call it autism, whether you call it arthritis, uh, whether you call it a respiratory illness, it's the failure of these microbes that communicate with our immune system and help the body on every level uh, to function to preserve our health because they have a vested interest in keeping us healthy because we are the best environment for them to thrive. So it's, it's a very profound, you know, thing if you think about it. It's so profound. And what's also so shocking, if not disturbing, is that everything about our modern society is an assault on our microbiome. Everything Absolutely. from the food, the environment, the EMS, you know, blue light, indoor living, uh, you know, not not um, eating seasonally. I mean, it's it's shocking how advanced we think we are and how um, ignorant we truly are, especially about this inner this this inner reality that's directing our our health trajectory. Yeah, actually, you know. We, we, you know, just to touch on autism, and autism is really not a problem in itself. Autism is just a name that we plaster on and say, oh, a autism spectrum disorder. Well, you know, that's a very broad term. It doesn't mean heck of a beans to anybody. So what it is is that when the mother is not healthy and the mother, you know, uh, has maybe uh, gastrointestinal uh, problems, uh, which show that either she has diarrhea, constipation, uh, you know, she, she's more frequently anxious, which is connected to our gut, uh, maybe depressed. And so everyone that's seen a child with a spectrum of autism disorder, there is a upset in the normal microbiota composition. Whether or not you're having specific, you know, uh, what we call G, uh, gastrointestinal symptoms, it doesn't mean that it's not caused by what's going on in our intestinal tract because it affects our thinking, it affects our moods, it affects even our ability to speak properly, communicate, 
have social interaction. All of that is caused because of that disruption of this microbiome with our, our you know, uh, neural transmitters, our neurons in our gut, our enteric nervous system, the production of these chemicals like serotonin and dopamine, which are the feel-good chemicals that are transported up our vagus nerve to our first brain, all of it is interconnected. And when we take drugs, we try to isolate and treat a symptom without realizing that you gotta, you got to holistically fix what's causing the problem on all these levels. Yes, you know, that's really the you know, major message that I think those of us working in the field of healing are trying to get across to people. And I, I mean, I, I became aware of this because um, I had a range of uh, issues early in my life, including depression, um, I had allergies, I, um, you know, had weight issues, had thyroid issues, uh, which never really were properly diagnosed. I didn't know anything about it. I just dealt with life, right? You do the best you can. And then um, as I started my healing journey, it was a, a revelation to what degree I actually was gluten intolerant and lactose intolerant. And I thought about it and it's like, wow, I was never breastfed. And I was a sickly kid and probably put on a lot of antibiotics early in life. And I could see this history unfolding that led me to the conditions that I had. And that was the big aha. I was like, wow, I really, I have a damage gut. I had an autoimmune. I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune condition. I learned how to do with the damage to the gut. And, um, you know, and the other thing I write about women's health, right, this shows that women's health, although I always like to say men are invited, but um, the the role of the um, gut microbiome in things like the thyroid, in estrogen levels, it's a huge, it's a huge story that truly isn't being told enough to help women yeah. and, of course, everyone else get their health back. Yeah, that's what I tell people. Look, all of your hormones are recycled. If you have a healthy uh, microbiome, they're recycled appropriately. And what happens is we age, we start losing more hormones than we're producing. But the other assault is that we're also not efficiently recycling the hormones we do have. So this is this understanding in Western medicine which has led us down this path where we're trying to treat all these different diseases and they're all coming up and they're all connected to what's going on in our GI tract, but people don't understand. And they say, oh, I got a detox and I'm going to drink X, Y, Z. And I said, it's great that you're detoxing, but do you realize that when you're doing that, you're also upsetting your microbiota? If you're going to be upsetting that ecological system, you need to know how to appropriately rebuild it and not just put something you found on the shelf where it sounds sexy or it's in a pretty pink box. I tell everybody, gee, we got to grow up. we got to understand what it is that our body needs to fuel itself and to operate properly. And right now, I believe in all areas, we're in a crisis mode because the numbers for the number of autistic children that are born has now risen 1 in 30. And by the end of this decade, 2030, it's expected to go one in two. That's a disaster for our society, a total disaster. And it's not just autism. 
It's related to the mother's health. It's related to the father's health. What the mother and father consumed dietary-wise, their stress level, uh, their, you know, GI disturbances. And we found that, for instance, when autism is manifested in a child, you have to check both uh, sides of the family, both the father's and the mother's side, two or three generations back, and you'll find it, this kind of problem has been, this GI upset has been prevalent in the family for a couple of generations. So yeah, not, well that's, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that uh, one in two statistic is absolutely horrifying. Horrifying to know yeah. that one in two children will be diagnosed on some level of the uh, the autism spectrum, which is, um, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a trauma for the child, for the family, for the community, uh, you know, knowing people. I'm sure we all know people who are dealing with children who have been diagnosed with this. Yeah, um, that's the problem. So, we all do know t- people who have autistic children. It's becoming ho- horrific. I mean, and if you've ever talked to any of those parents, I tell them they're my heroes. I bless those parents, and that's why I'm working so hard. I said we have to have some kind of an organized way that we're going to figure out What's going to help these children? And I tell people there's no such thing as a diagnosis that you'll never get better because my contention is if your body's rebuilding itself every year, you have an opportunity to fix things. And that is the most important message to begin with. So we we need to let everyone know that there is is a way to heal. It's beginning the journey. First, it's Accepting that thought. If you don't even have that thought, you won't begin the journey that brings to you all the um, amazing possibilities and information. You have to know that anything and everything can be healed. And that is true for anything across the board. I have seen people with genetic, you know, quote unquote genetic conditions have healed, right? Is what you were saying earlier. Right, because it's all. It's all part of our perception of reality, and I noted earlier when we talked that you also talked about spirituality, and I teach people spirituality is a necessary process for healing, you know, acknowledging a higher source and that you're part of a, you know, beautiful field that surrounds you. You're actually electromagnetic beings, and all of these things need to work in harmony in order for you to realize a healthy body, mind, and spirit. Absolutely, and even our thoughts can change the composition of the microbiome, isn't it? Yeah, and you know what? Um, it's it's like the, the the theory of the chicken. What came first, the chicken or the egg? And the, the question is: uh, Are your bad thoughts that destroy the bacteria, and then that destroy the good bacteria that produce those feel-good chemicals, and then it becomes a loop, or is it because you do something to your gut, and then you they stop the production of those chemicals which make you feel good? So I say it's both. It can come from either end, and it can be manifested. In fact, there's several cases of people even getting violent when there's a major disturbance in their gut microbiome. It's always so amazing to think how much of who we are is controlled by the state of the health of our microbiome. Yep. And we have to learn how to take care of it because I tell people, you know, uh, when, when I talk about processed food, we all know that, you know, we got processed food. But we also have processed food in the health food industry, and we're getting away 
from what I call consuming simple foods, like the cultures I studied where people ate what vegetables were in season, everybody knew how to prepare their food, nobody had a problem with milk, nobody had a problem with bread. Uh, I said it's going to get to the point where nobody's going to be able to eat anything. And we got it. We have to somehow start reversing this uh, aspect because, you know, bread and milk are a staple in Eastern and Western Europe, just like rice is a staple in the um, Asian Pacific countries. So we have to start changing our thinking and saying, you know, what what's causing these allergies? What have we done to our milk and our wheat that is causing this problem? And it's happened really over 50 years hasn't happened overnight because the same people who have a gluten intolerance here in the United States will go to France or Italy and they can consume bread and not get ill. You know, Natasha, I just had this conversation on the um, interview last week with um, a woman who became debilitated. Her health just fell apart and in her search to find a solution, she began investigating the role of glyphosate, you know, Roundup. Mm-hmm. And what um, what she uh, found was that this explosion of food allergies and all the conditions that are affected by the impaired microbiome exploded in the last 50 years, which is when Roundup was introduced into the environment. And, of course, we now have over um, 18 billion tons of Roundup used around the world. So it's invaded our entire micro environment, environmental system, the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And um, she said when – so she was so sensitive to gluten as a result because uh, glyphosate is sprayed on all these products just to accelerate their drying process for harvest – they don't do that in Europe. So she could go eat muffins and bread and have no problem in Europe, just like you said, and I've heard that before. As soon as she comes back here, she's devastated if she eats those foods. So, yeah, the problem is uh, profound, profound, yeah. profound. Yeah, it is so, because a glyphosate is a potent antibiotic as well. And the reason these people who were exposed to glyphosate and got cancers, the reason they got cancers is because their microbiome was destroyed. So and I this, found out in my research that it was, it's been registered as an antibiotic. Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, isn't that interesting? <clears throat> yeah. So, well, there you go. So, so Natasha, let's, let, let's, start the path of rebuilding our health, rebuilding our microbiome, choosing the right foods, the right supplementations, help us to navigate through this journey? Well, I tell people, you know, um, on my um, website, whether it's uh, my retail matron or my professional website, ProTrend, I give free, you don't have to buy a thing, a free low-carbohydrate diet that's very simple. It's uh, one and a half pages. And uh, it was developed by me and a, and a doctor friend of mine 25 years ago. It's a way to start. And we found that, unfortunately, because Western culture diets are laden with sugars, that we sort of have to have this withdrawal from carbs uh, or simple carbs in order to heal our gut because those simple carbs are feeding bacteria that damage our health. It's as simple as that. 
And we can actually trace when people have a compulsion that they have to have something sweet. It's usually because the bacteria are producing chemicals or withholding others that are making you feel that way. And so it's hard for people to understand how clever and smart these microbiota is, whether it's yeast or bacteria, they will punish you for not giving them what they want once they take hold of a certain territory in your GI tract. So this is why, you know, I give this diet free. Then I also give a free walking exercise developed by a nationally prominent trainer and a fitness expert. And she gave this, and I give this out to people. I said, start eating better. Uh, you know, start, you know, uh, getting uh, your exercise, not heavy-duty, strenuous exercise, walking. This is walking where you can either speed up your walk, slow down your walk, just get body movement. And by the way, most people don't understand that, you know, going to juice bars is probably the worst thing you can do for your health. And I have to say that because everybody says, oh, diet and healthy, I'm going to go to a juice bar. Well, let me tell you a secret that the people who use, uh, make Vitamix uh, about 20, 30 years ago used to tell all the people who bought their machine that it has to be broken down within 45 minutes to an hour after you start juicing either vegetables or fruit because the breakdown of those vegetables and fruit attracts all these airborne microbes into the uh, into the broken down juice because they love it. Now it's easy for them to eat as well. So if you don't clean up the machine, you're going to get many more bacteria than your stomach acid can kill. And uh, this is one of those things where people don't understand when they go on diet. This is just one simple thing I'm giving an example of. There's multiple other things that people are doing that are wrong. And so I say, whatever you do, stay away from juice bars, especially you know, where they have the blenders and they're blending this drinks all day long and nobody ever washes anything out. It's it's horrific because the damage you do to your body with the microbes that are grown in those drinks uh, is uh, un, unimaginable. Wow, so they can be contaminated is what you're saying. Very uh, very quickly yes. and very easy. That Nobody has to touch anything inside, just stuff from the air. Well, now because you've broken down things, into a very palatable uh, food, they will attack it. And so that's what I'm saying. We have simplistic ideas about diet and food that we intake. We have simplistic ideas about supplementation or, you know, these probiotic bacteria. Uh, there's a proliferation of products. And I can just tell you, I've been in this industry more than 50 years. I'm the author of two probiotic labeling standards, one that was read into congressional record. And the minute it was read into congressional record and a very nice organization called the National Nutritional Foods Association, we had something called the True Label. Well, they, everybody decided that True Label was bad for business. And so as a consequence today, not just in the probiotic products, but across dietary supplements, Virtually only 20% of them actually have in the bottle what they claim on the label. So when we're in serious trouble like this, we really have to know what we're paying and what we're buying. Wow, that's so shocking. 
Okay, so what else? Let's continue this this journey, Natasha. What else do people need to be aware of or to to incorporate or to um, focus on for their healing? Well, you know what? Um, the other thing is if you have a d- uh, great disturbance in your gut, you should stop eating raw foods. And this is like the hardest thing that shocks people. And I said because raw foods do carry their load of microbes that are supposed to be taken care of by your stomach acid, but once you're compromised, you really can't take that. So I would say, you know, steaming your, your vegetables well and using extra virgin olive oil, keep your diet simple. Learn to have the taste of the food itself without having to add a lot of additives to make it taste good. And sit down and enjoy your food. Do not eat in front of your computer or, you know, uh, try to shovel your food while you're trying to drive your car and almost kill yourself and someone else, uh, you know, because you're late. Your body is not a trash can. You have to sit down, chew your, your bites ten times, enjoy your food, make appealing uh, food from simple things. Do not make it complex. And I, I do eat meat. I don't eat red meat. <laughs> except maybe once or twice a month, and I do eat eggs, and I do drink, you know, I do have my own homemade yogurt that I make. And, you know, think about this diet. Think about this diet that has been in cultures, in uh, Western cultures for millennia, and people have been on this diet. The only reason these foods became toxic is what we did to the animals, not because the foods themselves were toxic. So we have to find the foods. And I also want to talk about, you know, the fact that uh, all these people who have become vegan and now rush to the health food store and buy highly processed foods because they tell them it's vegan. I said, you want to become vegan? Get yourself in a good Ayurvedic cooking class and learn how to eat Indian food because they haven't figured out how to support a vegan lifestyle. Do not go into the health food store and think you're getting, you know, you're buying almond milk or coconut milk. I said, hate to tell you guys, but those are processed foods. Yeah. You know, and and it's not popular what I tell people, but you know, I'm not trying to get uh, uh, win a popularity <laughs> stake here. I am trying to tell you what I've seen for 50 years and what I've heard. And we're not we, the, the young people are not getting healthier. Of course, there's an exception, but young girls are struggling with depression, mood swings. They're unhappy. And, you know, our whole society just needs a change. Our, our eating, our socializing, our ability to enjoy food, our ability to really think about the food that we're eating has to change. You know, we titled the show uh, Yogurt for Autism. Uh, you know, I, I took that off of your uh, press release. Let's talk about yogurt for autism. Sure. Let's talk about... Let's talk about um, what really will rebuild a healthy microbiome, not only for anyone dealing with any degree of autism, but really for all of us. What is it that we need to do, Natasha? Right. Well, you know, as I said, unfortunately, no uh, commercial yogurts are really, um, how shall I, overseen by any Department of Agriculture or things. So... Uh, if you want to do your own yogurt, uh, that I, I, believe me, it's not a big money maker for me, but I've done my family's yogurt starter, 
and I teach people it's very simple. Make your own yogurt, get your own organic milk. And, yes, I think for a child that can handle dairy, it is a very good food. And what I've also developed um, because of uh, the love of my chiropractor who's very involved and the children, you know, the autism programs, uh, and, and she touched my heart, I developed uh, four specific uh, precision uh, probiotic regimens that we try to customize to each child's needs. And I know it, every organism is specifically grown, specifically uh, handled, and has their own um, carrier medium that survives the stomach acid and enters the part of the GI tract where it likes to live. So along with giving the yogurt for the autism, we know that every one of these children has a disturbance in their microbiota, whether they're showing uh, gastrointestinal symptoms or not, they have a disturbance. So we have to start by changing the microbiome composition. And even the NIH has published papers, there's dozens of papers now published talking about that we have to figure out effective uh, probiotic intervention programs where we can start changing the microbiota of these children and, you know, along with diet, because I found that a lot of these kids, they live on uh, French fries and pizza. So we need to mm-hmm. change the diet. And then there's other modalities that we can try if this first diet and, and precision probiotic regimens do not handle the problem. But we have to start somewhere first and get to a point where we know, okay, now we know the microbiota is better, but this particular child may have a more severe case and we have to do some other intervention. Fine. But that's, for me, the basic starting point. The yogurt is only a functional food which they can feed their child, but it's important for this precision regimen to be implemented and catered to the child's needs. Because, as I said, we each have a unique microbiota composition like our fingerprint. So that's why you can't just throw stuff in there and say, oh, I I got some probiotics on the shelf and I've taken them and got no results. Well, of course you're not going to get any results because those products are dead, the cells are stressed, and they're not going to benefit you one iota. And so that's why I'm still doing this because I feel that the misinformation is hurting the people who are taking the probiotic to achieve a health effect. And my position is that if you give the body the tools, the body is well and capable of healing itself. So if people want to get that guidance, I would suggest they go to your website, right, Pro? Yeah, I, I put it on my professional website. Um, it's called ProTren. P-R-O-T-R-E-N dot com, and there's an autism button. Uh, we're signing up 100 children in my first uh, educational, what I call it, uh, autism educational program. Uh, we have professionals who will be uh, asking questions and interacting with the parents. I have staff that have been with me for more than 10 years who will guide the parents, and there's no wrong way to take our probiotics. We've tried to find the best combination that suits uh, each individual need, and that's how you're going to change that microbiota composition in the complex microbiome. And we also hand out the simple uh, low-carbohydrate diet and tell the parents, you've got to get the kids off the French fries and the pizza. 
Right. And that's basically what we want to do. We want to start, this is my, I think in everything I've seen, nobody's ever done anything like I'm, I'm, like I'm attempting to do now. Well, I'm just going to give that website again. Simple, protrend, P-R-O-T-R-E-N.com. At least go there, get the diet, um, learn more, explore, um, see what um, Natasha is offering, what her research has found, and as always, get educated because there are always solutions there for you for anything. But you have yeah. to be willing to change. You know, yeah, right. Not only that, but but. It's not a big money-making proposition for me. In fact, I give the first 100 families, they'll be getting 40% off of our products for life. That's not somebody who's just trying to, you know, run a business. I am committed to this. I told one lady who was an attorney for one of the autism groups, I said, nothing will stop me now because I realize I have to speak up. I can't go away until I get this done. I think, you know, we reach a stage of life, Natasha, it's like your legacy, right? It's your passion mm-hmm. after 15 years. You, this, you, you know you have a solution to a very serious problem, and you're compelled to get it out there. You're compelled to offer it to support humanity, really, humanity yeah. that needs and, it. And my, and my point is that I've lived a comfortable life. Uh, our business could have been 20 times, 30 times, 100 times bigger. Uh, but it was never about just the money. I always tell people money is a spiritual reward if you serve humanity. Uh, if your objective is to serve humanity, then the money is a spiritual reward. Yes, I absolutely agree. Can I ask you another question? We, sure. We had this conversation before we went on to the show, but I do believe it's really important, and I, I want to bring it up. I have noticed that there are so many labs now and practitioners and programs offering a test to test the kind of uh, microbiome that you have and what's out of balance, what's the wrong microbiome. You know, it's a whole it's a whole profile supposedly, and I, I've questioned that. I've questioned it on two fronts: how accurate the test is, and even if it is accurate. Can the missing pieces of your microbiome be actually restored through specific probiotics or through specific fermented foods? You know, so there's a twofold question that I would appreciate if you could share your thoughts on. Right. Um, I haven't seen any uh, fecal program, a fecal testing program that I agree with because number one, 40 percent of your dry weight fecal matter is the microbes, and it, it's very complex because there's trillions of them. And so when when they are exiting your body, there's further fermentation that happens in the large intestine or the colon, and that changes the composition. So basically you're just reading something that's representative of the moment. You're not getting a comprehensive picture of what's going on inside. And that's what I tell people that the stool tests are – only effective if you're looking for a specific pathogen because you have a disease and you want to see if the person is, you know, shedding it or if they have, you know, blood in their stool so that you can determine if they have uh, more serious problems that will lead to uh, colorectal cancer. So that those are the only two, but I have a very specific description. You can go on the ProTrend website. It's free. 
You can download my whole position, and I'll tell you why we're just wasting money by doing these, you know, uh, fecal tests that cost, uh, from what I understand, $400 a pop. And I said it's much more important for the practitioner to sit down and give a specific regimen of probiotics to their patients from the first time they see them and then that to the second time they see them because they can gauge their improvement and why make the patient wait. A lot of times we give them dietary supplements, and if their GI tract is messed up, uh, they're not going to be able to absorb any of these supplements. So that's what I'm saying. Please, don't waste your money on these fecal tests. They're not proven. Uh, I don't think they really tell you anything. Uh, I think it's a suggestion that the practitioner would have, but I think it's not the best use of money and time to fix this very complex ecosystem inside 27 feet of your GI tract. Well, thank you for that because they have become really popular these days, especially by, you know, functional medicine practitioners as a way to help people who are becoming aware of this dysfunction of their gut microbiome and are looking for solutions. So that's quite profound insight. Natasha, thank you. Yeah, I, I know, and, and I know I'm going to get pushback, but I, you know, um, invite anyone, and I don't believe in uh, adversarial conversations. I believe anyone who's really interested in this field that we can have an intelligent conversation, and without throwing anybody under the bus, we can see if we're all really interested in the best uh, in the best course for each patient. Well, what a novel idea. Yeah, that's what I think we should be doing. We should be interested in getting this patient not only physically better, mentally better, spiritually better. Uh, talk about holistic. That's, to me, a holistic approach. Um, so uh, two questions. Uh, what do we need to look for in a an effective probiotic product? That's number one. And number two, um, I think you answered it. The most effective yogurt uh, is one that we would create ourselves, right? Get, yeah, get but, our but own get the starter start. culture is important. The quality of the milk, of course, is important. I always tell everybody use whole milk because that's a natural state of the milk. And I've always thought this business about milk fat being bad for you. No, it's not bad. It's probably when you take out the fat that the product becomes less uh, helpful for you. And, and as I said, on, on the Natron website, there is something we just call yogurt starter. And you can buy it, and it has a very simple video. It's not that complicated. It's very easy to make. And you can make your own fresh yogurt. You can have it every day, and you can use uh, toasted walnuts or almonds and uh, fresh berries and have a wonderful treat that you know exactly what's been inside the product. Wow. So um, the starter is on your website. And and once you make a batch of yogurt, then you just take some of that yogurt and use it for the next batch, right? So it's nope. almost like you... Nope. Oh, no. You know why? Because no. I... You know why? Because that's a second generation bacteria. And you're going to build up oh. acidity and it's not going to be that wonderful, beautiful, custardy, creamy uh, size because the bacteria have to be clean. They could, you know... Uh, and I know they do that in the old country, but, you know, I'm just telling you because my family has been in this business and I set the standards I've learned when we were making 
a commercial yogurt with my family in the 1960s and 70s and uh, further on uh, that we started with a fresh starter culture each and every batch. Oh, wow. That's really interesting information because I have been under the impression that you can just take a starter from a batch and put it into a, a you know new container of milk or whatever, but... I can understand how it gets contaminated, potentially gets contaminated along the way. Yeah, and and I'm sorry to say people in Western cultures are very uh, prone to contamination because many of them don't understand the basic rules of uh, sanitary conduct in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Right, um, probably not. So people can get the starter from your protrend.com website and is it does it come with lots of packets so people can continue to do this how, how do no, no what it actually it? comes you know the the yogurt starter is on the natrin site n a t r e n and it comes in a bottle and you you go in with a fresh measuring spoon because i try not to use anything any packaging that's not fully biodegradable so we always use glass and tin lids, and I'm, I guess I'm one of those true people from the health food industry that, uh, will, you know, talks the talk and walks the walk. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So that's over at the uh, natren.com matron right. um, website. And, okay. and guess what? Uh, we also have live people that will answer questions because it said this is a complex topic and they're not just telemarketing people. They've been with the company 15, some of them 20 years, and they said, when you leave, we leave. So they're there. Well, I appreciate everything you do, Natasha, to really create the highest quality and the greatest service. That's, um, you know, such a a rare trait (laughs) and much appreciated. Well, I love doing it, and I think it's it's not to give myself accolades, but I think I'd like to uplift everybody. If everybody starts lifting their standard, uh, we can have much better product. We can have much better health. And, you know, diets and exercise have been in our culture for well over 50 years now. And my question always is, have have the disease states gone down or have they gone up? In the case of autism, we started with 1 in 10,000 children in the 1960s, and we're now at 1 in 30. In that case, we're a disaster. So to conclude the show, Natasha, can you give us some stories of success and healing and inspiration? Oh, absolutely. Thousands of them. Um, we've helped people with uh, chronic diarrhea, who've literally had to pinpoint the bathroom within a five-mile area whenever they decided to leave the house, and there's a lot of people like that. Uh, we've helped people with severe intestinal problems that uh, they, they start uh, losing uh, weight, and they can't gain weight because their body just cannot process food or nourish the body. Uh, you know, we've helped people with just regular problems, you know, digesting, absorbing, and having enough energy or feeling good. And I told them, I said, you know, probiotics are not there to uh, uh, treat symptoms. A good probiotic formulation should take care of all of it because it takes care of the small, the large intestine, and the transient flora. And that will give you 
better thinking, clearer thinking, better moods, better digestion, better absorption, better immune function, because it's all interrelated. It's not separate. And I think that's such an important message to understand. If you want to heal, we need to address it at the root cause level. Right. So, um, it's not, right, it's not just taking a lot of supplements. We need to support the body's ability to truly um, function optimally again. And it so much starts with the health of the gut and the environment of the gut and the microbiome environment is one of the foundational pieces of that puzzle. Absolutely, you know, and I stand by it. That's what I said that, you know, I can't leave until I make my way through the cacophony and get people to listen and understand. And I always say I welcome good competition. There's no way I could serve all these people, but I hope to leave a standard that people know what to look for and know what they ask for and demand certain things because we are a nation with declining health and Anytime you want to change something, everybody has to change their mood because the one thing that I do know that the last the last time they take all these urine samples, 80% of the American population has glyphosate residue in their urine sample. So that's just one chemical. So we know that there's a huge problem, and the way we change is one day at a time, and stop you know, listening to all these gurus who are telling you these different stories and these new diets. And i got to tell you, there's no new diet. There's just new names. Yeah. Uh, I always say we have to go back to common sense and stop focusing on a trend, right, whatever the fad is, and get back yeah. to foundational knowledge, which is why I have uh, great respect for traditional Chinese medicine, which has guided me when I was learning and becoming, I was a vegetarian for 20 years, and I, I always like to say I'm a recovering vegetarian because it damaged my health, only because I didn't know what I was doing, and I, you know, I probably had all these predispositions, and it just drove that imbalance further along. And, um, you know, I think that's our, our journey right now is to get more educated and to uh, understand how to really nourish ourselves and. And the role of the microbiome, which affects everything, as you were saying, from our immune system to our hormonal system to our energy system to all of our moods and neurological functioning, processing, is all run by our And I guess and also I want to say every organ in our body has bacteria. You know, we thought that the reproductive organs, some of them were sterile. The fallopian tube, your uterus, everything, even your brain cells have bacteria in them. It's, it's quite amazing to realize how they run the world. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told people, you know. I mean, don't blame me. I'm just a messenger. <laughs> okay, we have like a minute left. Do you want to just leave us with one last thought, Natasha? Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, um, I do this with my love and my passion, and I'm hoping that I can teach enough people that we can really make a significant change in our health. Well, that's a beautiful gift you're giving to the world, Natasha. We so appreciate um, what you're sharing. I, I really am very grateful for your time and for your passion and for the wisdom that you have. So thanks so much for everything that you do, and thanks for spending this time with us today. It's been quite enlightening, I'm sure, for everyone. And uh, all the best with your mission in life.
Thank you. And I'm I'm going to be around because I'm going to get the word out. You know, my job in this area is just beginning, and I feel that I've got to I've got to get enough people to follow and to uh, all of us to get together so we can make a change. Well, I have no doubt you will accomplish your mission, Natasha. You're you're not to be deterred. You're one very powerful woman, and fortunately, you're working for the good of all of us. So, again, thanks for everything that you do. And uh, and if people want to learn more, take advantage of all the free wisdom and educational materials that Natasha has. Go to ProTren, P-R-O-T-R-E-N.com. Uh, just, you know, explore that website. Um, she has information for dealing with autism, with products, with resources. As this show is always saying, get empowered with truthful information. Be open, be curious, be willing to learn. Um, so thanks for being with us today, Natasha. We've had this great conversation with Natasha Trenev. Uh, and um, as we come to the end, I just want to remind everyone to always honor the wisdom, the feminine self. And it's true, returning to nature, returning to natural foods, getting back in balance is about returning to the wisdom of the feminine. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back again next week. Until then, have a blessed day. Bye for now. 